Welcome to the Push Through Podcast. I'm your host, Keisha Reeves. I'm a licensed professional counselor here in Atlanta, Georgia, with a private practice where I specialize in working with women as well as maternal mental health. Here on the podcast, we'll be discussing all things childhood, womanhood, and motherhood, and everything in between. I'll be interviewing various women who will be sharing their birth stories, as well as others who will be providing tips to help us be able to navigate this crazy world that we live in. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a quick chat with me. This is a disclaimer about today's episode. While we were recording, I was getting my lawn cut outside and I didn't realize that it was picking up through the microphone. So at the beginning of this interview, you will hear some subtle noise in the background. That's what that is, Um, but it's only at the beginning. It eventually does go away and it doesn't take away from the actual interview. But I just wanted to hop on real quick to just let you know what that is um, before listening so you wouldn't be unaware. So sit back and enjoy today's episode. All right, so I am joined with Chi, and I'm so excited because I have been wanting to hear about your whole experience, but let me first introduce you. So I met Chi, it had to have been, oh my gosh, when was it? 2012-ish? And you know, I was trying to think, oh, so backstory. So she made my outfit for my engagement party which was gorgeous and i still have it it's beautiful (laughs) and it's not often we get handmade well at least for me get handmade items (laughs) and i was trying to think like how did i know you before that i knew that you were friends with unica Mm -hmm. and i think i had met you through there but then i also feel like i knew that you had made some pieces for grace too yes i literally was just going over this in my head like 10 minutes ago and i went through the same thing i was like right it's been a while i've known her a while obviously we both know unica but i think i met her through grace yeah i think it was through grace um but she had you were like and I don't even know like where you are with that but you were like making custom pieces and i felt like you had come out with a not a line, but you started to like advertise to like start doing it, right? Yes. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yep. Um, yeah, I hadn't come up with a line yet um, and was just doing custom work, but I had started like I think an Instagram page mm-hmm. and a Facebook page and just kind of, yeah, get the word right. out and, and do stuff for people. So I'm pretty sure, yeah, because I definitely had been sewing for, for Grace. I keep wanted to call her Nick because that's how I know her. <laughs> um, I've been sewing for her uh, for a little while, I think, before I met you. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I'm, I feel pretty certain that I met you through her and then found out that you were right. really close with me. Because I even I remember like, you had made a piece for Renee's birthday dinner. Yes. And I was like, yes, oh my gosh, this true. is gorgeous. <laughs> that's right. I forgot, I forgot about that. That is also true. See, I don't even know how it happened anymore. It could have been any of these points. But um, suffice it to say, we've known each other a while. Yeah, I know. And then also, yeah. like, we were kind of somewhat, like, in the same realm of work. Like, you're MSW and I'm an LPC. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and you were working at Emory and I remember having to like come to you to like do some fittings and whatnot. Yeah. So that was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. And I was actually thinking to myself earlier as well, like I always in my mind 
I always want to put you in my grad school cohort before I remember, like, no, actually, that's not how I know. I know, I know. (laughs) I mean, because, again, because of the connection with Unika, Mm -hmm. Unika being in the cohort and meeting you around that time as well. So in my mind, I keep wanting to say we went to grad school together. I'm like, no, we didn't. We just have a lot of connecting points. I know, I know. But I just always, always thought that your work was so talented, plus the fact that you has such a sweet spirit and then like there were a couple of times you had came over to the house there was even one time like i recorded you um for like a video series i was making oh, yeah. one <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right oh my god i know i, forgot all about I know that. and then it was oh, like once god. i was doing a fitting know. and you brought your sister over and i felt like we were talking for like yeah. two hours about like life yeah. <laughs> life i remember that because that was before you got i think it was before Either right, no, it was right after you got engaged. Yeah, and I think I came to bring you your out. Right, right. And do like a final fitting and alterations and stuff. And we were just talking about life and relationships and just you know being young. Yeah, I remember. I know. I remember that. (laughs) But needless to say, fast forward ahead. Here you are, a mother to twins. (laughs) <laughs> and you're married and she's living in London y'all and we just talked about I'm recording this 7pm Eastern and it is midnight well 12.15 yeah. her time a.m. in the yeah. morning and she's <laughs> just having dinner and then also you are Nigerian yeah and tell me a little bit before we get into like motherhood tell mm-hmm. me a little bit about how it was growing up here in the states um being in your own culture and what your idea of motherhood was before you even thought of being a mom? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, it's funny, I think, well, I have these conversations fairly regularly, but now with everything going on with the Black um, Lives Matter movement and everything, I find myself having these exact conversations more like with my sisters and with some of my close friends. Um, and realizing a lot of things that I didn't really realize before about what those experiences were like. And so growing up, I think you've probably heard this before because your husband is Ghanaian, right? Right, yep. Yeah, so you've probably heard something to this effect either through him or other people, but when you're growing up outside of the continent, (laughs) but with African parents, Mm -hmm. your house, like we always said, like at home, was Nigeria, right? <laughs> so, like, the rules, the values, the food, the music, the, the everything. Like, at home, we were Nigerian. And once we left the door, we had to figure out how to be American. Mm. And um, we didn't have the benefit of our parents kind of showing us what that meant because they were trying to figure that too. So, um, so growing up was a bit interesting in a few ways. One, because, I mean, we're talking, what, late 90s? early 2000 mm-hmm. um, and so we it was strange we weren't we didn't really have a place I didn't feel like I had a place in terms of like being outside of the house I went to I went to private schools until I was in eighth grade so I was in mm-hmm. Catholic school I was the only black girl in my only black person in my class oh, wow. um, and the only black girl in my class I was in a class of maybe like 25 people and so I didn't really fit in with the white kids. I didn't mm-hmm. have any real friends um, for those like formative years. Um, and then got to high school, which was public. And it was a good mix. I mean, it was like a white town, but there was still a decent percentage, I guess, of, of black and, um, you know, other students of color. 
but those black kids were coming from a city kind of adjacent to us, which mm. was more, was obviously like more, had more black people anyway, more African-Americans than black people. Um, and so they also didn't oh, like want to be <laughs> friends with me because the thing with them was, oh no, you're too white. Um. And so I didn't, so I kind of went through my formative years, I would say literally probably through the age of 18, not really fitting in anywhere and um not like having friend groups and like people that i could eat lunch with and people that i did sports with and people i did theater with Mm -hmm. but no one that i could trust to like call me up on a weekend to Mm -hmm. hang out or invite me to a sleepover or or that kind of thing i never really like felt like i understood that i didn't really have a permanent place with these people in their lives and so um did that affect you at all because i know you have you have like how many siblings do you have? I am the middle of five. So I have one brother and three sisters. Gotcha. Yeah. Did you and find like that, 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 I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. Did you find no, like that right. close, the closeness within your siblings or do you feel like you were still yeah. like looking for like a tribe? Absolutely, yeah. And I think because I was gonna say, yeah, just like what you said, like because we were all kind of experiencing the same thing out of the house, we, I think bonded a lot more at home so like growing up, my siblings were my best friends. Mm. Like we had all the adventures and we had lots of imagination. So like home kind of was our safe space and home was also not very American. And so yeah. it's kind of like this weird dynamic of wanting to fit in to these spaces where we have to be day to day, but then also finding the most comfort and solace and kind of acceptance among our own, like within our own little tribe. Um, so yeah, that was, that was, that was basically growing up Nigerian. Now, as far as like, I think you asked about motherhood and like my yeah. thoughts on motherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom is, I've always kind of known <laughs> that we got, we were very blessed to have the mom we have because I think it's changing now, but at least for our generation, a lot of moms, I guess mothers from my, and parents in general, from my parents' generation, um, are kind of the, I would say the last of like the very like strict traditional, mm. um, not super nu- nurturing generation of parents. And my mom is the complete opposite. Like she's an absolute teddy bear. Oh. She is the softest, sweetest, most nurturing, loving person I have ever come across. Oh. And so we were really blessed in that regard. And so she was literally my model for motherhood and just seeing the way that she loved us and the way that she was with us i was like that's that for me became aspirational like above anything else Mm. i'm like if i don't do anything else in my life yeah i need to be a mom i don't necessarily need to be a wife i don't necessarily need to be a doctor an engineer Uh. any of these things but if i leave this earth not being a mother Uh. i won't feel fulfilled yeah and if i to the point where i literally had an irrational fear of not being able to have children oh um, and I remember having that conversation, I think, with Unique and Renee in grad school that, like, it actually scared me. Like, the thought of, of not being able to have children really frightened me because that's literally all I've ever wanted to mm-hmm. do. Um, and so, yeah, my mom was my model. She was, and, and it was crazy because I had aunts and play aunts as well who I would see interact with their kids and they weren't as nurturing or they weren't as loving and they weren't as supportive as she was. And every time it was a reaffirmation, yeah, I've got the best mom. Like, I really mm-hmm. like. I got it good and I can do that too. So 
so yeah like she yeah she's everything she's that's like beautiful <laughs> like that's amazing and like I, I felt like that really hit me because I felt the same way like it was more important to me to be a mother than anything else and I even remember me and my husband we had been together for a long time and it had got to the point of are we going to be you know getting married or not because the clock is ticking and I had said it in my mind that regardless if I found a husband or not somehow some way I was going to be a mother and I was going to make that happen because I wouldn't have felt like I would have served my purpose on earth had I not created this human being to carry and like have a life with so I, yeah, I feel absolutely. like absolutely <laughs> yeah I agree with that 100% and again I, ha- I mean I had other goals like I wanted to be a fashion designer and all these things but those things are always changing and like yeah like you said that's the one thing that was probably always always steady for yeah. me it was yeah. like nah that has to happen by force yeah. <laughs> like no matter what <laughs> And like, so the unique thing about you, well, it's not unique, but I guess unique in my world. I don't know personally, like reach out and touch people who are parents to multiples. Like, I mean, like I know, like, yeah, I went to school with a girl who had twins or, you know, we watched like John and Kate plus eight or people who go fertility (laughs) journeys and like have multiples. But um, even one of my close friends, her husband is a twin um Mm -hmm. but i've always thought of the concept of like when people will say oh you can have twins and then you can just like hurry up and get it out of the way i've always thought like oh my god like that would that just sounds like so much like i don't know like how i would do it all you know like jeesh but (laughs) when you found out you were having twins what what was your immediate response? I thought I was going to pass out. <laughs> I, I really did. I remember um, the funny thing is the system, medical system is a bit funny over here, and that's another conversation for another day. Mm. But um, by the time I'd had my first appointment in ultrasound, I was already about to go into my second trimester. Oh, wow. Um, because they don't really do confirmation appointments over here. It's a bit strange. So they're like, well, if you peed on a stick and it said you're pregnant, then you're pregnant. So you don't need to come. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So I went my whole first trimester not knowing that I was wow. having twins. Um, and so it was funny because um, just before I had that appointment where I found out, okay, and I had gone on, he'd taken me to Paris for my birthday. And I remember while we were there, every time I ate, my stomach would like pop a bit. And like he would tease me about it, and I just thought it was—I thought it was trying to like it's a bit early for that, you know, for that to be happening. But I just thought I don't know, maybe I don't know anything about pregnancy. Maybe that, maybe it is normal. Um, but he would kind of start joking. I think there, I think you're having twins. I think there are two in there, just literally out of nowhere, like literally out of the side of his neck. And I'm like, why? Well, I'm just be like, I'm just kind of like hush him and kind of like brush him off. And so that day when we had the appointment, I remember the first thing when he sat down, he sat down, he started telling me ultrasound tech. Um, I think she's having twins. I think she's having twins. And I was like, we just, and I was like, don't embarrass me. Just yeah. be quiet. Let the woman do her job, please. Don't don't do that here, okay? <laughs> so when she um, she started, and I remember <laughs> he started trying to talk to me like, oh, I see something, and I was like, just stop. Mm-hmm. And so she was looking. She's like, wait a minute. And she was like, oh, and I was like, what? And she just started 
giggling. And I was like, what's, what, what? <laughs> and I didn't, I was like, don't say it. And she was like, there are two in there. And I literally, he of course was excited and was, you know, cause he was right more than the fact that there were twins. <laughs> and, and she was just laughing and I was like, okay, wait. At first I thought she was lying. I thought she was pulling my leg. <laughs> and I was like, how confident are you in what you see? And she's like, I'm pretty confident. And I was like, okay, on a scale of one to, I think I said something like, like betting on your first child. I don't know what I said. <laughs> mm-hmm. How sure are you? She was like, sweetheart, there are definitely two. And I was like, right, well, if you excuse me, you're going to just go here and pass that. <laughs> but, um, so it, really, it just felt like an out-of-body experience. I, I went from like, nah, you're messing with me to kind of like, what? Like, me? No. Wow. <laughs> no way. But then, like, by the time I even walked out the door, I was thrilled. I was absolutely thrilled. Oh, yay. Absolutely thrilled. Now, does this run in anybody's family? Yeah, so it runs kind of, it runs in both of our families. I know that my, both my parents have had sets of twins on their sides, but they were twins that didn't survive Mm. um, in terms of, like, their siblings. Um, And then on OK's side, they have a lot of twins. Mm. They have, I think currently 10 sets of twins oh my god boys might be the 10th or 11th set <laughs> that are like living <laughs> on this, on this oh, wow. family. and his immediate his siblings that are right before him are also twins so it still didn't even occur to me that it would be anything genetic because yeah. it's been ages on my side of the family since anyone's had twins and for him we thought you know it skips a generation yeah. so we believe that whole myth right and um so no one's so no, there's no one saw it coming. No one really thought that that could possibly happen. Um, but then even still, they're identical, and which is not genetic apparently, oh. which is a complete freak of nature. Huh. So, so on one hand, yeah, but also maybe not. I don't, I don't right. know the science behind it. Interesting. <laughs> but, and I, so yeah. I know that they consider women who have twins to be high risk, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So did you have any worries, concerns, or how was the whole pregnancy? Um, I didn't really have any concerns from a medical perspective until, um, again, the system here is different. And once they told me, it was weird, like when I went in for the appointment, before I knew it was twins, because they, they use a midwifery system here. Um, which I loved and so I really actually wanted to have kids here for that reason Um, so they were kind of took all my information and set me up and they were going to assign me a midwife after my appointment by the time my appointment ended and they found out I was having twins they were like oh well since you're having multiples you're automatically high risk you don't get a midwife we're gonna have to send you back to your general practitioner who I hadn't I had one, mm-hmm. but because of the way the system works, I'd never met him. Mm. And I didn't feel comfortable with that. I'm like, he's not even a specialist. So why would you send me back to a general, general yeah. practitioner that I that I have no relationship with and doesn't specialize in this stuff? And then further to that, they have um, kind of a, they have a thing here about multiples, about encouraging C-sections for multiples. Mm and not really strongly encouraging they can't force you but they really strongly encourage c-sections if you're having two or more even if it's not medically necessary and for me i was like i don't 
I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't want to have to do that if it's not absolutely necessary. And right. So at that stage, I kind of told, okay, look, I, I want to have them back home <laughs> because my mom is, she's a neonatal nurse. I can go home. She she knows all about this. She can kind of handhold me through this process. Right. She can handpick my nurses. I can go back to my OBGYN. He can deliver me. Like, I'd rather go where I can have my voice and my my priorities heard than to be here in a system that I'm not familiar with anyway. Yeah. And then being told what to do and where to go and how to do it. I just, that's not the experience I want. So that was my biggest concern was that staying here could potentially be put me at additional risk um, if I wasn't allowed to right. try. For that's right. Day. I do remember that because I remember <laughs> you had your baby shower here because yeah. um, I had to mail you your gift. And I remember after a while, after they were here, you had to fly back. And I think your sister had flew back to London with you with the both of them. Yeah. Yeah. My um, my best friend your came best back friend. with me. Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Absolutely. Okay, so then how was yeah. it? How was the experience once you got here with the rest of the pregnancy? It was great. <laughs> it was great. I mean, because by that stage, I was. I think I came. I came back to the states at around six months. Okay. Um, and so I'd gotten past like all of the nausea, all of kind of the worst parts, and then it was pretty. It was pretty easy because again, I got to go. I went back to my hometown to my mom's, um, where my OBGYN is anyway, mm-hmm. and so got reacclimated with him and, and his staff, which I'd always loved because they take a holistic approach. Mm. Um, and so I really loved that. And of course I have my mom, yeah. she's feeding me and taking care of me and <laughs> then let me lift a finger. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so it was perfect. It was literally like, I think of, I think back on it often and I get emotional because it really was the best like four months like of my adult life it was just it was perfect it's like i've got to be back home with mom and spend quality time with her um and just like rest and enjoy my pregnancy and and uh, yeah it was it was awesome that's great yeah so then how how many weeks were you before you went into labor or gave birth i um they ended up having to induce me um because um Israel started he kind of like his growth kind of slowed down and they were worried that I was running out of space basically and the placenta was getting weak so they induced me and then I ended up um delivering two days later and it was like right when they turned 36 weeks Mm. gotcha okay and how how was the whole experience at the hospital um it was great it was great um it the the hospital was wonderful the staff was wonderful the um facilities were amazing um all of that was good i think what was a bit difficult for me at points was and i was pretty relaxed about it then but it's one of those things that you you kind of dread yeah. and then think back on is like your birth plan not going the way yeah. that you want it to um and so i tried not to even though i had a birth plan i tried not to marry myself to it too much because i knew things could go any any way um, so I didn't let myself be disappointed about it in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's one of those things that I've looked back on and kind of been like, oh, you know. Um, but it was, you know, having to get induced in the first place was something that I didn't really want. Mm-hmm. But obviously I had to do it first you know, for my kids, you know, to, to be okay. Um, and so then, and that was that was difficult. The labor pain, the induction labor pains are definitely different. <laughs> 
<laughs> been induced with either of the boys. Because um, what did they give you, Pitocin? Yeah. Well, first they gave me something else. I wish I could remember what it was called. Um, but the first thing they did was they put, they were giving me a pill. And okay. I think it started off with the pills they were giving me every few hours. And mm-hmm. it was really intense. And so I don't remember how many hours I went with it. And eventually I told them, I was like, I think this is too much. Yeah. Like, can we bring it down or not? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so they stopped on the pills and then inserted something instead, I think. Oh, was that, that was the bit... um, suppository? Like, did it have like a string? Yeah. Thing? I had that. Yes. I had that. You did have that. That was the okay. worst pain I have ever yes. felt in my entire life. <laughs> you, you understand. And no one, understand. no one tells yes. you ahead of time, like, hey, by the way, this may no. be like a thousand times worse than no. <laughs> the normal contractions. Labor pains, the normal yeah. contractions. Yeah. They don't tell you. No. Maybe because they know we'll psych people out. Um, and then even like the insertion of it, because you know when they're filling your cervix already when you're pregnant, it's like painful. But then when they had yeah. to insert, it was like I screamed, like it was so painful. <laughs> I think at that stage I had already been in so much pain from the first thing I probably I don't think I could really feel it I was probably <laughs> numb, dumb but I I yeah honey there were a few times I thought I was going to black out I was like yeah. this is a lot yeah it is a <laughs> lot just a lot did you have epidural or did you do it all natural I had to end up having a girl, which was another huge disappointment mm. for me. Like that was probably the one the single most disappointing factor <laughs> of the whole thing was I really didn't want epidural. Um, but because again, high risk and at that stage one of the boys was still breached mm. and if and they kind of explained to me if he doesn't turn around after the first one comes out, we're gonna have to take you into the OR and do a c-section and so in preparation for that it's best for you to get the epidural now rather than us rushing to try to get it in in time to actually you know cut you open and get the baby out um and so we just kind of made um the decision to just go ahead and do it um just to be on the safe side um but then sure enough he ended up turning around so that is awesome okay so they arrived they were healthy safe yeah you were in the hospital um was your husband was he there yeah he came he came um from london and stayed for about a month so he made it just in time oh that's good okay and then like the good thing was that you then went home you were with your mom you had your husband Mm -hmm. so you had supports no worries um Mm -hmm. How were you feeling, like, just adjusting to two newborn babies and mm. just that life? And, like, I always feel like, and this could be completely different for you, but I feel like we have, like, this idea of, like, having the baby. And then they're here. And then sometimes it, like, takes a minute for our brain to, like, process, like, like this is real. Like, this is real now. <laughs> like, yeah. they're here now. Oh, how was yeah. how all of that for you? <laughs> oh, I have that. That's so real. Um, it was interesting. I think, and maybe you can relate to this as well. For the days that I was in the hospital, I even struggle now to remember 
much of it in detail Mm -hmm. because I feel like I really was kind of in a fog and part of that I think was obviously hormones Mm -hmm. um and just kind of like oh my babies you know and you know just being glad that they were here but then um and probably also just coming down from all the other stuff that was going on um and because I had also had um a DNC afterwards because I was losing a lot of blood so that was another thing because then my my levels were all out of whack so I was a bit out of it for a while gotcha um and so I was in a bit of a fog for those first few days and but still like obviously like obsessed and kind of like oh they're here they're look at them I just couldn't stop staring at them but then it was kind of like when the day came when they were going to discharge me I was like wait mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. you're going to send me home with right. me myself yeah is there like, not a test I can take <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Can I pass an exam for? <laughs> yeah. I remember having that moment. Like, wait, this is real. Like, they're actually gonna let us in. I know. I know. I, th- I thought the but, same thing, Chi. I did. Girl, I was like, are they sure? Do they know I've never done this before? <laughs> like, I have no clue what I'm doing. Do they know? Um, and it was all internal because I didn't want anyone to see, see me sweating. But in my head, I was just like, this may not be a good idea. I don't know what I'm doing. I just know that they're cute. I can stare at them all day, but that's all I'm good for right now. <laughs> so, yeah, I definitely had that. I definitely had that. Um, but, like, again, thank God my mom was there. Because had, had I been here and had all that happened, I think I would have been a mess. And I really do think I would have had, like, probably full-blown postpartum depression mm. had I been here and had yeah. to go through that being there and my mom kind of she knew so she stepped in and she was telling me where to go and where to sit what to do and I was like yes yep okay. <laughs> and she took all of that mental burden off for me oh that's so good um which was such a blessing because we just went back to her house and she had everything set up she put the crib together and everything so it was just like I didn't which is the way things are done back home as well anyway yeah. when in Nigeria and probably in Ghana and some other places when a woman has a baby you go home either to your husband's mother's house or to your mother's house mm-hmm. or maybe your mother comes to your house and they take over and that's how it's supposed to be yes, because it's, it is a mental adjustment yeah. they, they understand that in a way that they probably don't articulate um you know through tradition but even my mom's tell me the same thing when she had my older brother and older sister in Nigeria, she said, I remember she had my brother, she said she hadn't seen my brother, but she would see go days without seeing him mm. because there were women constantly in and out making sure she didn't have to lift the finger. They literally mm. all brought him to be fed and to, and to bond and to like do skin to skin and that was it. Yeah. Um, and they just let her rest. And so my mom more or less did the same thing. So like I got time, mm-hmm. you know, to like come back to my, <laughs> come back right. to my senses a bit. Um, and work on ingesting at my own pace. Gotcha. Which is really amazing. That's yeah. awesome. Like, I really wish that was just, like, everywhere. Um, Me too. So how how many months were they when you guys went back to London? So um, they were, I think they had just turned four months. Yeah, I think they were just, they had just turned about four months when we, when we got to take them back. Um, we were kind of going back and forth a bit about the best time. I know some, some websites will say, oh, they can travel as early as six weeks, 12 weeks, whatever the case, but I just wanted to be absolutely sure. Um, so yeah, I think they, they just turned four months when we decided to go ahead and make the trip. Gotcha. And then supports Mm -hmm. in London, 
it was your husband, anybody else? Okay. Um, kind of. Um, it was it was mainly my husband. Um, the thing is, my his family is here. His parents and siblings are here, but everybody works, um, including his mother. And then his dad at the time was in Nigeria, um, and hadn't come back yet. So. In the beginning, it was kind of just me and him, mm-hmm. um, and he was working full time. So, so during the day, it was just me um, on my own, which was a bit of a struggle. But eventually, mm-hmm. I kind of found my feet and found a routine, um, and kind of made it work until it was time for me to go back to work. Um, so that part was a little bit tricky as well, I think, because I'd gone from having my mom. Um, literally waiting hand and foot um on me and on the boys for for four months postpartum but for seven months in total right um that i was with her so like to go from that to being in this place by myself with them was definitely an adjustment was absolutely an adjustment what would you say has been like the hardest part for you In terms of that specific adjustment? Or just in general, just having two kids all at one time that's the same age. Yeah, I think... I think the biggest adjustment... Funny enough, I think because the other thing is, and this is again another story, another conversation mm-hmm. of the day, but also our relationship was very... It was like a whirlwind romance. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so we were still kind of in the beginning stages we were still within like the first year of our relationship, so to speak. And we were married with twins. And so I think me not having um, a support system here, a stable support system here, Mm -hmm. uh, or at least an established one. um, And then, you know, him having to work and us still like, you know, being new at this marriage thing and this living together thing. I think it was a lot of change at once for me. Yeah. Um, And so strangely enough the boys which should have been probably the most challenging part Mm -hmm. that was probably the easiest part for me and Mm -hmm. I would say it was probably where I I found a lot of peace and solace because even though it wasn't easy it was predictable and it was I and I knew it like I knew to expect it so like it was hard and there were days where I cried you know I would just cry because I just didn't Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like I was doing it well or I didn't feel like I just needed the help, but also it was predictable. It was, it eventually came to court. It was like, well, this is one thing I'm sure of. Yeah. I'm sure of these two people. I'm sure that they need me. I'm sure that I can meet their needs. I'm sure that I love them and I'll do anything for them. Even though all these other things are still kind of, the dust is still kind of settling all around me. Right. This is my, this is where I'm grounded. And so, yeah, so like I mean that was that I think that's what got me through the adjustment period, but I think also that's what eventually led to a little bit of I would say mild. I know there's another word for it. You could probably tell me because you're the expert. <laughs> I know it's not full blown postpartum mm-hmm. depression, but I know that there's kind of like a more mild version. Right. And I think I, a baby blues. I think that's what most people refer to it as. I, that kind of came, but it, it was weird because it was less about the boys and more right. about everything kind of colliding at once and i think that that's majority of women's experience is i just heard my husband shouting upstairs i was like (laughs) i'm sorry but um (laughs) i think that's majority of women's experience is not necessarily i mean of course the hormones are going to do what they're going to do 
Yeah. Um, but the baby, you know, it's just like you feeding, you love them, you change their diaper and you're just so happy to have them. But it's all of these things going on around you that can set people up to have postpartum, yeah. um, a move, a new relationship, but not, you know, stable and adjusting to another country's culture and just all of that stuff can kind of like yeah. implode all at the same time. Um, yeah. when nothing was necessarily like prepared for or like laid out to deal with too much time in advance to prep for it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> it can set anybody exactly. up. <laughs> so like I, I totally I totally get that, but I think that it's really beautiful that you were able to anchor yourself in your boys mm-hmm. and for them to give you that that peace in the midst of the of the adjusting of everything else when do you feel like everything did settle when did the dust all or the puzzles fall into place that's recent um (laughs) (laughs) i would say i mean if you i mean we're real we're still in transition Mm -hmm. because now we're we're in the middle of a move now back to the state so like we i feel like we've been in transition for the entire time but i would say things didn't I mean things didn't really take a turn to a point where I felt like okay I can do this or like I've got all of this mm-hmm. um probably I mean it's been less than a year okay <laughs> they're already almost three um I would say yeah probably within the last six to eight months mm. gotcha <laughs> yeah it's been a while okay and how did you not lose yourself like how did you not lose Chi because the Chi that I knew before birth I remember when I first met you, you had like a low haircut face. You wore cute clothes, fabulous figure, just like fierce how you dressed. And I don't know who she is. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, like your passion for fashion and just like all of that. Like, how have you kept her or do or is she still there? I think she's still there. We're trying to reconnect. Okay. I think we're trying to reacquaint ourselves. Um, I think I've, I think in the beginning, I really struggled. I was really aware of the fact that I wasn't that person anymore or that I couldn't be that person anymore, um, at least at the time, while mm-hmm. all these other things were happening. And so I was really hyper aware of that. And so I had to kind of find, okay, like, I need to figure out a new version of myself mm. um, that will work for now, whether it's for now or for always, but I need to figure out a way to find myself, whatever she looks like, but in this context and this new reality of mine, um, because <clears throat> like, you know, Fierce Chi, she sewed on the regular and she pulled all-nighter sewing with a glass of wine next to her. That was life, right? That was self-care. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mom Chi, I mean, I'm looking at my sewing machine right now, but I haven't really sewn in like three years. Mm. And this is probably the longest I've gone without really sewing. And so, but it's just not, it's not really an option. Yeah, I could make the time as everyone likes to say oh you can make you can find time to do the things you love not when you have two masters <laughs> <laughs> running your life day to night 
I'm trying to figure it out, but it's not, it's just, it's not really realistic at the moment. So um, I'm trying to reacquaint myself with her as we're getting older and a little more, a little more independent. Um, and as I'm kind of getting a handle, now I think I've I think I'm starting to get a handle on the marriage thing because mm-hmm. <laughs> there's that aspect of mm-hmm. it as well mm-hmm. of going from being single for a while to sharing everything with yeah. the person that you're still getting to know. Um, being a stepmom, that's also new. This is true. Um, so it's just like it's a lot of things. So I've had to kind of figure out how to be all those people yeah. before I can come back and say, right, so now how do I take all of those versions of myself and create achieve for me that fits yeah and that you know that um, that I'm happy with that makes me happy and so I'm still I'm still very much on that journey um I think it's taken it's taken a little bit of therapy it's taken a lot of ups and downs mm-hmm. <laughs> with okay and god bless him for his patience mm-hmm. um taken a lot of prayer it's taken um just a lot of like introspection like having to really like stick with myself when I get the when I get the time mm-hmm. and a lot of journaling like whatever basically anything that I can do or find um I try to right and that's I mean it's not or it's not a I'm sorry it's not a clear like picture or like method yeah but I'm, I'm literally doing the best I can, just like picking pieces where I can and trying to like write, how can I use this to find a little bit more of myself? How can I use it to find a little bit more of myself? Um, trying to socialize, um, you know, with the friends, with the few friends I have out here, just, you know, little things like that. And then now trying to get back into like designing mm-hmm. and, you know, let, allowing myself to be creative again and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So it's a journey. I'm not there yet, um, but I'm hoping that this move will also assist in that regard yeah yeah but and I also appreciate your realness about how children can affect your marriage because I don't feel like that's talked about Mm. often not at all because I think that I mean the same happened for us as well like life is good when you don't have responsibility and you can just like run off and you know sleep in and you know be fools in the street and and go on dates at 1 a.m in the morning and then when the pressures of, oh, we got bills and we got miles to feed and we got these kids and I'm stressed out, so I may be a little irritable with you and then you're irritable mm-hmm. with me and you got work and resentment and all of that stuff yeah. that builds up and then still trying to stay connected and have romance and intimacy. Yes. It's it's a lot, you know? It's a lot. It's a lot. And see, and this is coming from someone who had a long relationship mm-hmm. before before you know having kids and it's still it still is put strain on your relationship yeah. you know and so <laughs> you can imagine for a relationship that was new mm-hmm. <laughs> when this all happened mm-hmm. you know we were still i think i think that was part of the challenge because because it was new and we were still in that phase where we wanted where you know romance is still the goal and you mm-hmm. know and all the butterflies and all those things and suddenly that stops kind of abruptly yeah um so early in the relationship it puts a strain because then it's not because then the journey is just it's not the same as what you're used to right you know you date for a while and you have all of that that fun and we didn't get to i mean we do enjoy each other but like we didn't get to enjoy ourselves enjoy each other in the same way that we would have had we had a lengthy courting period you know what i mean and right. so having that get cut short so early i think was difficult um difficult 
for both of us for different reasons as well because like I said I had issues post delivery mm-hmm. or because of the delivery and so that kind of messed up <laughs> messed yeah. up a bit down there yeah. you know and so um, and that wasn't something that he, I mean he can't understand at yeah. the end of the day they can't they can only understand as far as what we can tell them but they they can never really get it um, and so it was it, it just made things really challenging because nothing was kind of happening in time Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um and so yeah absolutely and then again when you add all those other things you're working i'm Mm -hmm. at home with them all day there's you know and you have a daughter and there's all this other stuff going on Mm -hmm. it's like we don't even (laughs) have time or space to find ways to connect because that's also an issue on its own and it's just yeah right so i i wish people talked about it more absolutely i wish I wish um, I wish our parents talked about it more. Right. Um, and I, I don't I don't know why. I have a lot of bones to pick <laughs> with the way information is shared mm-hmm. around childbirth, mm-hmm. pregnancy, mm-hmm. you know, the delivery experience, and then postpartum and motherhood. Like I have a lot of issues with the things that I had to find out by doing. Right. Simply because people didn't feel like it was taboo for someone for anyone to say anything yeah you know yeah um I just found that really strange I'm like this is why is everyone so hush hush about right. this and you not even I mean? just you like it's coming right not even just so much like I agree, I totally agree with us having been more educated but even for like men to even be more educated like how you were describing yeah. like how your body was after you gave birth and how it may have taken some time to be intimate. Like, absolutely. I remember like describing to my husband how I had a tear and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a bit cautious, you know, yeah. <laughs> so, like, and rightfully hold so, on, you know, right. It is not fun in, in all of that. And I don't think that they're that much, educated about it and I don't feel like in our society maybe they don't feel like men need to be but I think that they Mm -hmm. should I think that they should have somewhat of an understanding of what our body goes through so that they can give us a little bit more grace yeah agreed absolutely agree now my last even the ones that think they know don't really know (laughs) (laughs) um my last question is though what advice would you give to a mother that's expecting multiples? Because I think, fortunately for you, um, like how you were saying, like after you got through the shock, you were so like grateful and thankful. I'm sure that there are several who would be a little terrified, especially like in yeah. the birth order of the multiples. Like if you feel like, oh, this is my second or third child I'm about to have and I'm going to be done. And then, oh, surprise. It's two <laughs> that you're having, and you're having four instead of three yeah. or two. Um, and then, like, where you are in your age that it happens, um, just in, like, life that it happens, I'm sure it's it can be a lot of adjustment. But what advice would you give? What's, like, the biggest thing you feel like they should know and do for themselves? Honestly, I would say shut out all the noise because people – people are very, very fascinated (laughs) by the idea of having multiples in general and women that are having multiples. And so everyone, I mean, pregnancy in general invites a lot of opinions Mm -hmm. that weren't solicited and a lot of bad advice that isn't solicited. And it's even more so with multiples. And so I would say 
try to shut out the noise um, and really allow yourself to enjoy it. Mm. The fear is nine times out of 10, it's there because someone else planted it there. Yeah. Or someone else said something to make you believe you should be afraid or you saw something or read something somewhere that made you believe you should be afraid. If you, and one thing I remember I did, I read a little bit, but I really limited the amount that I exposed myself to in terms of blogs, articles. I didn't read any books. <laughs> I made a point not to read any pregnancy books because I knew, I know how I am, and I knew it was just going to cause anxiety. I knew it was going to stress me out mm -hmm. because then I would be comparing myself against all of these expectations and all of these rules. And I didn't want that. Right. So I would say, shut up the noise. That counts as noise. <laughs> And allow yourself to just enjoy the miracle of what is happening inside of you because it's a miracle. Right. It's a miracle to have a child, period, to be able to do what we do with our bodies. To be able to do it for two, three plus at one time. Yeah. It, there's a reason people are fascinated by it. It's not it's mind blowing. It it's is. literally miraculous. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Give yourself a pat on the back. Mm -hmm. Because not everyone can. Not everyone will. Yeah. Not everyone wants to. So allow yourself to just enjoy it mm -hmm. as best as you can. Awesome. That's what I would say. I love that. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much <laughs> thank you. for being a part. I'm so grateful. <laughs>